This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, Bayou Bendis here. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and, of course, hockey. And DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat in all of the action. Making a line on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to users across the sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with the first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more. It's going to be really interesting. Like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone, like... And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing. We need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick, and now he's making $9.5 million. Pajot, drafted, I think, in the fifth round and making $5 million. Hoffman... Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin, but now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Night. You're up for Habs content. Episode of Habs Nightly with my amazing co-host, Mason Dixon. How are you today, buddy? Good, thanks. How are you, buddy? Uh, I've I, I've waited. You know, we've all waited like an entire week um, to watch a game where the Habs put forth a, a decent effort, but 
I mean, if you haven't, if you don't have the entire week off, I think this game's even better. You know. Yeah. Um. I didn't get to see much of the game because I was closing last night, but I, uh, what I did see, like the Habs are playing pretty fast paced game and they seem to have their legs at least after a week off. Sometimes you don't have your legs right away, but defensive battle in the first, definitely. Josh Anderson is just like, it didn't look like he took off. Like he might've played like some fucking beer league, you know? during this week because he came out flying like uh like he didn't have the week off at all yeah uh i didn't really, honestly did not really get to see it <laughs> but i i just saw glimpses walking past seeing the game on and i just noticed the boys are flying around i'm i was upset but you know sometimes work comes first and i didn't get to see it but yeah, I, I just think it's aggravating that there's no reason for that for that long of a gap. Now, every game um, until the last three games against Toronto, we have a we have just one to two days off. I think I don't even think we have a two day off period. We might have one somewhere in there. But basically from now on, it's a game, a rest day and a game or a game, game, rest day. Until until the very last week of game, and um, I forgot what player said it, but said this might be the, the, uh, some of the most grueling and competitive hockey that you know they they've ever played in their entire career. So this is going to be a long, you know, like it kind of it kind of feels like 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 marathon running, like the Ironman type of shit. You know, your endurance, your all of that has has to come into play at this point now and it's done because that whole week was was put in place in case you know there needed to be more days off or or changes in the schedule due to covid and we've already used up all of that for no reason yeah and it's funny you bring up the long haul like marathon because for our next 37 games we're exclusively back to backs or a day in between Mm mm-hmm and I just think it's like a lack of foresight from the NHL. We've had how many days off already? And for the rest of the season, this is what we're going to have to go through. That's bullshit. I think uh, we've had 14 gonna, days off. Yeah, that's ridiculous. We've had almost as many games as we've had days off so far. Yeah, it's – um, I, I think it's bullshit because – now, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, how do I put it? Like, I think it's fucked up that, you know, you got Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli are in the top of the league in scoring. They're having a, a great run. The Habs in general are having a great run. And now we have a week off and we got to catch up again. You know, we were third in the league and now we're 11th. And we've played one game since since all of that movement. Fucking, I think Austin Matthews has like 19 goals now. We're we got not you know our, our leading guys that were in the top the top five had have nine and eight now I believe, you know, or ten and eight, ten and nine. I think mm-hmm. it's just like it, it it's so dumb on their part to take a team that that's that's playing so well and not find a way 
to move some games that are in the back end forward. You know, even if it was just, just one game in the it. middle, it, it was just so stupid on scheduling because, you know, we've seen this team the last, you know, the last time we had four days off, how it crippled our fucking offense. You know, we just played like, you know, we were tired, like, like we couldn't hang. And I'm glad that this entire week we came back and we did hang. Um, but it, it's just bullshit. We, we, we've got so much, to, we got so much to catch up on and now we're not going to get a break. So this is when you're going to see people starting to get injured and, and playing injured and, you know, not being able to play, you know, a full game. And that's what makes me nervous because yeah, this is a great opportunity because we play better when we're, we're consistently playing a game, but now there's no rest for any player, none at all. So, you know, say, uh, say Corey Perry messes with his wrist again, that, that is going to linger this the rest of the season. He'll never have his time to, to fix it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And while I do think that's an issue and may have contributed to why we lost, I understand there was some ref controversy in that game. I did watch the highlights. Um, The quote-unquote goal slash no goal slash goal slash no goal that got called, um, that was bullshit. And when you look at a call later that night in the Calgary-Edmonton game, it's the exact same play and it was called a goal and it was challenged. So the NHL needs to figure out their shit. We need some consistency because I don't know what the fuck goalie interference is anymore. And we said this a lot. If it's clearly established that what goal interference is after the first review, it should, that should be it. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to review it again and say, Oh yeah, we've we've looked at it a second time and now we think it's not a goal. You're just flip-flopping. Like it just seems like a roll of the dice at this point. But looking past that, you can't win a hockey game, regardless if the penalties were just or not. You can't win a hockey game if you let in three power play goals on three power plays. Yeah. Our special teams has been horrible. For a very long time excuse the the seven shorthanded goals we have because well that was great that was more individual efforts from players our special teams have been shit and you know what kirk muller is a canadian's legend he needs to get the fuck out of town because he hasn't <laughs> fixed he hasn't fixed anything he's fixed anything. and i'm sorry but when a player's not producing or if they're producing a little but not to expectations you know what happens they get sent down to the minors. They get put on waivers, regardless of where they stand in terms of veterancy. We've seen it with Paul Byron. We've seen it with mm-hmm. Why are we not doing that with our coaches? We're supposed to be in win-now mode. Kirk Muller is not helping us win now. You know who else isn't helping us win now? Claude Julian. And I say that because, you know, in, this, in the little six-minute highlight video I watched, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Looked like Jesperi Kotkaniemi was our best forward on the ice. Almost scored two goals if one wasn't taken back. Was, I don't know, he just looked like he had a good game. KK this- and Josh Anderson were our best our best two forwards last night. I mean, Josh yeah, Anderson so- just played the body and just came out with the intensity. But KK had – KK's been playing like that this entire season so far. And, you know, just tonight 
well, last night he just happened to, you know, to find the back of the net and things were going a little bit better for him. But yeah, so why the fuck did he play only 13 minutes? Why did Philip Deneau and Suzuki each play almost 18? Yeah. Why is KK still consistently getting stuck with guys who are either in a slump like Tatar or who have little to no offensive upside like Joel Armia? Can Armia produce? Yeah, we've seen it. He had a great start to the season, then he got hurt. Can Tatar produce? Clearly, but he's not right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Gasperi Kotkaniemi is ever going to develop into what we think he could be under Claude Julian. And I understand, you know, saying Julian doesn't trust youngsters and looking at this rockster, it, it's kind of bullshit. But I said it when we got him, and I'll say it again. His track record isn't great in developing young guys. Remember Tyler Sagan in Boston? Yeah. You know, you're saying Claude Julian isn't a big reason why he was moved out. This last season, past season, he wasn't great in Dallas, but Tyler Sagan is a fucking superstar in this league. And I just think KK needs the opportunity to develop, and it'll never fucking happen because uh, reasons. But the full fucking French-Canadian bullshit needs to stop. I don't think, you know, maybe the most hardcore Quebecers would care but what don't you just want to see a cup? Why are we limiting ourselves to three or four candidates who half of which have already coached for us twice now, every time we hire a new coach, it's ridiculous. We can't even like Gerard Gallant isn't even French. We couldn't hire him. So who, who would we hire right now? Michelle Terrien, Patrick Waugh, and I don't know. Joel Bouchard from our AHL team, but I don't want to move him. It's it's just ridiculous, and I want to know, like, what do you think, Corey? I'm just I'm fed up with the whole they must be French Canadian thing. I just don't think it flies in any other city in any other sport. Like, well, it, I mean, it really doesn't. And you know, I don't live in Canada. I grew up watching this team as a kid, so I never understood. Like, I understand the tradition of it, but like, I'm. I don't live in Montreal. I, you know, I don't live in Quebec, so I don't, I don't really understand why it's so important for that to happen. Why this tradition has to continue with so little to pick from now. Um, I'm sorry, but if you see Gerard Gallant available, you know, at that time, I'm sorry. Like this is a team that, that needs that type of change. And that would have been an amazing coach. Cause it doesn't, it seems like wherever that guy goes, he can take a team and they can, you know, they mold around that culture that he's trying to bring. But, yeah, and then, and then he gets fired for no reason. Yeah, but you know what? But <laughs> even if he got fired from Montreal, he could have made some lasting changes in, in this in this organization. But uh, as far as the French the French thing goes, like that's awesome. But like you said, we're not getting anywhere. There's unless this new you know um, grace of God comes and he's a young fucking. French French speaking Canadian that that just comes on to the coaching market and, and we pick him up. Well, that's I the don't thing. think there we can ever survive with Michelle Tarion again. And you know, I'm not saying that we were better. We were better without Claude Julian in the bubble, but it almost seemed like he's not he's not Tortorella. 
but it's like it looked like the boys had a break from that, you know, old school, you know, coaching. And we did pretty damn good in the fucking bubble without them. It just seems like every year, Montreal, for the last three seasons, have come out of the gate fucking flying, playing really exciting hockey. Mm-hmm. We, we go on huge win streaks to start the season, and then we lose a few games, and Claude Julian hits a switch and just goes back to his old ways. So we're back to dump and chase fucking just boring, doesn't work hockey that no one wants to watch. Like, look at those two goals. They were both scored off of creating chances coming the other way. You know what I mean? Turning breaking up a play and rushing down the ice. That is how this team is built to play. And lately Julian hasn't had them playing that way. And I just don't think he's able to adapt. I just think this guy has won a Stanley cup. He won it a a certain way and he's stuck in that. And I don't think he's trying not to change. I think Julian is a good coach. He's just the games evolve and past his coaching. It's it's not style. even that. He's just not not for this team. Not anymore. Have we not given him enough chance? It's his second tenure. He's been here a while. How many years has he been here now? Three or four? Yeah. All I know is it's just when we, you know, fired Tarion and I saw the replacement, it was just embarrassing. Like it's it's embarrassing to feel like we're bringing back a coach that lost the room already. I don't even think he's lost the room. I just think it's time. Like when you're not doing well in a season, it's usually the coach who is the first to go and it gives guys a kick in the ass. So let's fucking give the guys a kick in the ass, right? Like, I don't know. I just think. No, I can agree with that. I, I I meant, but what I was saying was that it, we've already had Julian, you know, we've already yeah. dealt with him before. He's already, he lost the room. He, he was fucking fired. He was moved. And then we bring him back. It's what, what he ain't, his coaching didn't change. That style didn't change. It was a decision by upper management that was like, oh, we want to go back to that style, but we're going to bring in players that do not play that style and force them to play it. Yeah, fair. I'm just curious. Like, like here's the thing. I don't even have a, like a coach in mind, really, um, to, to replace, I guess. So I'm coming in saying we need to switch the coast and I understand I don't have a solution, but like, I don't know. I just think it's enough. And I don't think I'm the first person to kind of have this sentiment and to kind of back that up. I saw a stat on Twitter um, of the last, last year, I think it was last year, the last going into this year, Montreal has the second worst home winning percentage in the league. That's brutal. That is horrible, especially when you play in the Bell Center. Like, come on. It's just ridiculous. And 
I don't know. I just think we're limiting when you limit your candidates. Maybe that's why we haven't moved on because Bergevin's looking around going, well, who the fuck's better than this guy, right? I have three options. But I don't know. Personally, I think it's time for a change. I don't think it's working anymore. And I don't think Julian, like, I like Julian. I just don't think he deserves another chance. I think he should be on a short leash. It's clear Montreal needs a kick in the ass. So how else do you give it to him? You fire the coach. It's a business. It's a brutal business. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, someone's livelihood. And obviously I wouldn't want someone talking about getting me fired. Julian will be fine. He'll get another job. He's made millions. It's just the time is he's run his course in Montreal, I guess is what I'm yeah. saying. I, I, it's it's very rare that a coach doesn't get rehired back in the NHL because there, there's no there's no there's no new coaches. No, you know it's just recycling old coaches. Um, but I mean, even a demotion, like yeah, he probably would never take it, you know. But like, look at Michelle Terry in in, in Philadelphia, you know, an assistant assistant job. He's got his old ass ways are still there but is allowing a, a newer style of hockey to be brought to Philly and it's working for him, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I, I think that this, I don't know. I still think that Michelle Terrian and, and Claude Julian just have this, this older style of hockey that they want to play, you know, and it's not working anymore for this, this, you know, this new era of hockey, this new fast paced era. Um, I think, that they're just slowly turning into, if anything, assistant coaches. And in some in some cases, you know, some teams that still play that old school style, it could work for them. But we didn't bring pieces in to have a the dump and chase, and that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we we added Josh Anderson, who's basically just been our fucking you know, beatdown person. But he can't. He can't. Fuck it. Puck, he can't do it all. We're built for puck possession. Yeah. He. I mean, you can't dump the puck and be like, okay, Josh, go into whatever you know, whatever half board it's going to end up in, and fucking hit that guy, and then. But no one's coming with you because we're, we're not re- we're not prepared for it. So get your ass back into the back zone, you know, and, and be prepared to do it again. It's just the games. If we make it past the fucking the neutral zone. We got a shot. If we can't get it to their zone effectively, we're just, you know, we're stuck in this old ass mentality. Let's just let's just dump it up against the boards and uh, watch a player get fucking, you know, crumbled, and then hopefully we can make something out of it. Sometimes yeah. it's exciting, and sometimes it's just like fuck, dude. Like, like the the first Ottawa game that we watched, they like literally five, all five guys lined up at the blue line, and it was like. You could dump it in, and then two guys is going to fucking destroy you on the back end. We're going to get the puck, and, <laughs> you know, we'll let you – We can, you could do it as many times as you want, as many times as you want, and we're just going to hurt you. Yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, – I do think there are teams that can be built to play that older style of hockey, but Montreal isn't one of them. This We, we, we got, like, a, a youth, you know. Like, we, we had a youth surge. Like, look at all of our players there. They're, you know – we got three rookies playing right now, you know, and their lights out. And we, we the, the people we brought in bring in a fast-paced style. It's going hand-in-hand hand with this, you know, that new era all these young kids are playing. 
why would we force them to play such an old an old tactic? And it's not a problem to play the old tactic, but why why use it as your bread and butter a hundred percent of the time? You sure. know, th- there's no reason that you can't change up a tactic and, and, and fall back on that, you know, but don't 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 let one period of it be not not your way so second and third we're going to old hockey that everyone knows how to play against yeah no and i think too um we've kind of we've kind of run this topic into the ground but with our young guys coming up too which we can kind of segue out of this um they're not they're not going to be wanting to play that style of game either right like matthias norlander you think he's going to want to hit the blue line, stop, dump the puck, <laughs> wait yeah. for the forwards? No. Cole Caulfield, same way, puck possession. And speaking of Cole Dude, Caulfield. If, if they do that to Cole Caulfield, that poor kid, they, they're just going to target him. They're going to Sidney Crosby target him nonstop. Well, he'll get absolutely just leveled, right? Like, think about that. Okay, we're going to dump it in. Cole, <laughs> your chance of survival. Just wait at the blue, wait at the blue, and see if we can get puck possession. You know, and, and then squeak in. You know, <laughs> like what the, yeah. what the fuck? But what a phenomenal season he's having. Um, I love this kid, and it pains me that you can't acquire NCAA hockey jerseys. It, it, it's so frustrating. Can you not? Not really. Like You've certain, tried, eh? certain programs, you can. I have this entire season have been trying to get a Wisconsin um, jersey. And they have one online, but it's like a it's it's not real. It's like it's on it's on their shop, but it's like it almost seems like something that you would wear like something you'd buy a kid for their first year in soccer or hockey. Like it's a it's a shitty fucking Walmart, you know one layer press on it, it looks terrible and you can't customize it and it's a it's a fortune so i don't know you, you know enough. you know that you know those those jerseys like you'd see them a lot in like football jerseys maybe it's a, it's a southern thing because we're so yeah popular. i know i know what you're talking about but it's like yeah. you could see through the fucking stick like the the you know the the different patterns in a weave or whatever the fuck it is yeah like if, if i can see my skin through it that's disgusting yeah, understandable. Yeah. So, and not not very yeah. good, not great for a hockey jersey. No, it's supposed it's to keep terrible. it warm. Yeah, but oh, it's it breathes really well. You know, cool. my fucking my body hair finds its way out, and I look like a fucking a chia pet. <laughs> but yeah, Cole Caulfield's having a phenomenal year. Uh, Hobie Baker, front runner, personally. I fucking got- love that dude. <laughs> 38 points in like 22 games or something. He's got like 19 goals. Um, Leafs fans, of course, the petty ass fan base that they are, have targeted the, some random guy in second place. He's not some random, but he's not a prospect. And are trying to vote him into first ahead of Cole. But what I love, the whole irony of this is that they have their own prospect in the Hobie Dacre nomination. Who they aren't voting for just despite us which yeah, is they're just the looking most, for one who has enough, who had enough points to to make a difference in it the most leafs fan base thing ever 
And I just love how much Caulfield is living rent-free in absolutely everyone's <laughs> heads. It's gorgeous. But um, ooh, kind of a short one today if we don't have – do you have anything else to go on, Corey? Um, I'm excited for Paul Byron. Um, I know you didn't get to watch the game, but we literally had like two back-to-back goals in like maybe 20 seconds, and it was all just disruption plays where we, you know, we, we caught an edge and we just took off. We'll let we'll start with Paul Byron just because he he's been trying so hard this season. He's had great great chances, but then would just whiff on the fucking shot, right? But no, he finally finds the back of the net, and he's just like he just belts out like this just scream, and it's like you can feel the intensity, like like so much stress and pressure just being released as he fucking just celebrated, um, and. You know, for that guy to just go go through what's going on with him. Like, you get put on the taxi squad. There's the fear of losing your spot in a team where I think Paul Byron likes it here. You know, this dude's got a fucking A. Like, he's loved by the fans. Um, and he wasn't playing bad. We said that, you know, I believe the last episode. He, he wasn't playing bad. He just wasn't the best player on our team at that moment. But it was far from him not playing good. But for him to finally find the back of the net is, is so great. So great for him. And then KK as well. KK gets the first one uh, of the night, and it was it was, it was a beauty. And um, another, another situation, he's been drilling the body. He's been doing everything for us, you know, despite being able to score. So, you know, with that being off for a bit, he has found ways to be, you know, a, a, a need for this team and it was just another another great person to score that that really deserved it but it also makes philip to know it, it makes it harder for him i guess because it's just like fuck man like you you have got to you have got to get something going um <laughs> what a classic byron gold too yeah <laughs> before before i saw the score i saw who scored i saw the score sheet and before i loaded up on my phone i was like he probably, I was saying it to my buddy's Leafs fan. He probably stole the puck at center ice and got a, got a breakaway. <laughs> Load up the replay. Of course he did. Stole the puck, got a breakaway. Cla- like the most generic Paul Byron goal ever. Absolutely. And it's funny because like I was telling you before I jumped on, um, watching it, my, my stream was so bad. It, it kept, it kept cut back. And by the time it reloaded, I thought they were still celebrating the KK goal, but then I see Paul Byron losing his mind. I'm like, no, 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 no. So now I got to fucking, you know, rewind to watch this fucking breakaway. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, my God, we like we scored again. Like, this is sick as fuck. But like my my stream was so bad last night. Um, But I, I did find it. You know, it wasn't far back, but. I did. Uh, I did get a chance to watch it, and it was. It, as a fan, you're just relieved for him. Paul Byron is 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 like the working. You know, he's the blue collar of this fucking team. Like, love him on the fucking fourth line. You know, you know he can be a difference maker when it. I wouldn't say when it suits him, but when you know when the cards are right for him, he's gonna be a difference maker. And yeah, for sure. It just came through for us all. And <laughs> Tyler Toffoli's goal his just reaction because he's watching um i forgot i forgot what had happened i think somebody had fell on the back end but he just scores and his eyes are, are making sure someone's okay 
but it, it just looks so like like a disrespectful like he scored and he just like there was no celebration no care about it like just swagged out it was fucking awesome <laughs> but uh if you if you uh, since you didn't get to watch it, i don't know if you saw that goal but it was beautiful. i did where he caught it out of the air caught it just dropped it on the ground Boop, just a little flip up and that's very nice goal goals like that make me wonder why I know it's got to be hard to school that, but like why that doesn't happen often, you know, like why, if there's so much disruption between you and the guy that you're trying to get the puck to, why, um, why players just haven't perfected that little flip, you know, that little pop, yeah. like a, I know Sidney Crosby hard. fucking does. Yeah. I know it's probably hard, but like if Sidney Crosby could get a flip to him and he could stick his boot toe up and, and you know, score like six, seven times a season. Um, I'm just waiting for like the next, um, you're waiting for the next Crosby. I think everyone is. Not the next Crosby. Like the, <laughs> the, ne- the next, uh, the next Michigan. Like, what's the next ridiculous style of goal that's just going to be like something that's like not as ridiculous. That's something more fundamental, but it's just like blowing the minds of goalies. You know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but um. Uh, Tonight we have the Sens game. You know, uh, we know what we're going into. It's going to be a heavy-hitting game, and we have to play that style. Or they're going to run us into the boards and score uh, three, you know, two to three goals that should not have gone in because uh, a regular team would never have tried that. But they will because they're hungry and they're going to try anything. Um, But hopefully, you know, hopefully playing the Leafs, and I think it's always good to play the Leafs and then play another team right behind because the Leafs get the team motivated as fuck to play because you don't want to lose to the Leafs. And if you do, then that next game, especially a back-to-back, you're just like, it, it just feels like we're on like another level. Like we ain't, we ain't letting that happen again. But um, to move on from Habs before we close out, did you get to catch the second part of the, uh, the outdoor game? Um, no, I did not. No. Well, you know, just like last year in Dallas where, like, the ice was terrible. But unlike Dallas, Dallas, they just played through it, just got it done. And I'm sure it's because of the fans, right? Because you can't really postpone it and have just – you can't trap southern people for hours and hours without them getting drunk and then, like, you know, doing something irate. But uh, the, the ice was fucking terrible. And I remember they showed, like, a clip of it. After they stopped it, and it looked like a fissure, like it looked like, like a fucking New Orleans pothole, in the fucking ice, like just divots. <laughs> really? And, uh, and I, I legit thought that, like, when they postponed it, I thought they were gonna have to bring it to like an indoor rink somewhere, like guys playing at a fucking, you know, at, at the the local the local rink. But um, it was awesome for them to be able to patch it up and get it done. Um, but I, what I liked about it the most was that it was just in a pitch fucking black. I love that about it. Um, I've never really experienced a night outdoor hockey game like that. And I'm sure it's common, you know, in Canada and in northern states where, you know, games are played at night outside. But to see an NHL game outside, I mean, it was 12 o'clock, you know, in the morning here. And the game was still going on, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought I thought it was a great opportunity for both teams to have their um, their retros, their reverse retros. Uh, 
I wasn't a big fan of the red until I saw it on ice. I thought it looked good. I mean, the Nordiques, you, you can't really fuck that up. So, like, oh. I'm not a fan of white jerseys, but, like, if I could find one on a good price, I'd get it. You know, I'd probably never wear it. But that is such a beautiful jersey. Um, but it was just so interesting. I, all the Twitter, like, we should have more night games like that. I think I agree. I think it's 100% right. That was a treat in a time when, you know, the world's so fucked up to for, – for anybody to, to watch that game and feel like a different – feel a different way about hockey um, was special. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know if that's just me because I've never experienced that, but that was that no, was truly looked, something. Awesome. It looked gorgeous, yeah. Like to just not see to not see really anything in the background, just darkness, and just like it, it just made the the ice, it made everything going on look that much better. Like I could see everything better. It was, it was just a great look for the sport. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We should have a couple games like that, like they do on. Call of Duty where they have the night the night maps. They have a couple of <laughs> night games in the fucking darkness. Um, but yeah, um, well, you guys are gonna hear this Monday, so hopefully we have a good sen- Senators win. But uh, I think we're gonna close this out. Poor Mason, you know, still on the fucking money grind. Um, hopefully he can watch some of the game tonight. Hopefully there's there's no there's no rumbles. You know, we don't. We don't see the return of the of the no masker uh, from Mason's uh, shift tonight, but uh, I think we're going to close it out right here, folks. This is uh, this is, this has been Habs nightly. Mason, if there's anything else you'd like to say before we leave, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, no, I think we've said it all. As always, uh, you can follow me at Habs nightly and Corey at the Bayou Benders on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you know, I'm just excited to finally get to watch watch some hockey soon. Uh, obviously I'll miss the game tonight, but you know, maybe on, what is it? We play Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, I'll be able to watch some games. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you do. I hope you do too, considering there's no more fucking breaks for this team, but uh, folks, you have a great start to your week. And we'll talk to you all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.